So the best thing you can do is just preach the word. And uh, let it have its free course. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. I got a message on my heart. So. Some of you may have um, already heard this, but uh, I couldn't, just couldn't get it off of my, off of my heart, and uh, just cutting it off. John chapter number nine this morning, John chapter number nine, we're going to find our text there. studied it more and seemingly it seems I've got more out of it that's just what happens but uh, we all know the song Amazing Grace and it wasn't sung this morning that's okay but it says I was blind but now I see and uh, that's where we find our text this this morning Um, some of you may have listened on Facebook, but it just hadn't left my heart, so I'm going to preach it again this morning, and uh, let the Lord do what He wants to do with it. John chapter number 9, verse 1, the Bible says, and Jesus passed by, and as Jesus passed by, He saw a man which was blind from his birth, and His disciples asked Him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. There's a message in that verse right there alone. Paul said, Winter's coming. I want you to bring me what I need right now. Um, it means it's going to get cold. But Jesus said... Um, that night's coming. Um, that means it's going to get dark. No man's going to be able to work then. But Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as he is. And if we count the Trinity as being the Trinity, then the Holy Spirit's still in this world. But it dwells in us. So we are, we must be the light displayed for the light. And so when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which by interpretation is sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. I bet you some of y'all probably went through that when you got born again. I know, uh, I know that I, I did in some scenarios. But some people, when you, when you didn't go in there anymore and you didn't do this anymore and you didn't do that anymore and they said, Isn't it, is this even the same person? Well, thank God. Thank God. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus 
made clay and anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Look at verse 25, and look what it says. It says, He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Thank you for standing. You can be seated this morning. Lord, we love you. I pray God you'd give me the direction exactly how you want me to preach, exactly what you want me to preach and say, Lord, lead us, guide us, direct us. If there be any sinners in the room, help us, Lord. Save them. In Jesus' name, amen. We find in our text this morning in an account of, a, of our Lord touching the eyes of a blind man. And uh, as I pondered these verses a few days ago, I was wondering and I was reminded that we all can relate to this. We can relate to this text and this man. I've never suffered physical blindness, but I have suffered spiritual blindness. The Bible says that the God of this world hath blinded their eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. And God of this world, Satan, has blinded the eyes of those who... And, and, and there'll be a day when he will be sent into... Uh, uh, or there'll be a, a, a strong delusion over this earth and the understanding will be lightened and everything will seemingly be lightened. And we know that even Satan himself will one day, Revelation chapter 20, stand at the judgment seat of Christ and he will be told, I understand that after, after the tribulation has taken place, after all of that has taken place, after, after everything has taken place, and after Satan has been loosed for a thousand years, after he had been put, cast into prison for a thousand years in the millennium reign, he has been cast in, he has been bound for those a thousand years, he will still be loosed after and still deceive those. He'll still be able to deceive those. So the God of this world has blinded the eyes of some people. And so... Um, we were all born in sin. We agree on that. We were all born in sin. We were born in the sin nature. And that's just what I'm trying to make it so plain this morning. And it's, I'm just trying to help the, let the Lord help me this morning, help you. Uh, um, but we're all born in that sin. And we were blinded to the Lord whom is the light. The Bible says very clearly that what light, what does light have to do with darkness? It has nothing to do with darkness. Uh, we understand that light dispels darkness and it, it, it leaves darkness. Darkness has to leave if light walks in the room. It's just as simple as that. But um, if we're in these, if, if, sitting in the house of God this morning... Uh, there's two categories that a man can be in. Uh, that is even you have been healed of your spiritual blindness, meaning being you've been saved and born again, or you are still spiritually blind. Uh, to the things of God. You do not understand all the things of God. Uh, and that is what it is. And not seeing that Jesus can help you... Uh, in your position. Uh, but can I tell you, Jesus can do what he did in John chapter 9 once again. Amen. Uh, he can do it once again. And I'm going to preach the thought, same thought I did the other night. Uh, I'm going to preach the day Jesus saw a man who couldn't see. 
The day Jesus saw man who couldn't see. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Notice three points. I'll be done very quick this morning. Now, and listen, listen. you listen fast, I'll preach fast. Number one, I want you to notice this man's reality. And so if we look at this man's life and we see it, in this man, in this man we see a picture of all men, right? We just kind of discussed that. We see a picture of all men. He stands as a representation and a reminder to all that read his story in John chapter 9 that sin is a reality to all of our lives. It does not say anything about sin according to this man. This man did not sin to cause this blindness nor did his parents sin to cause this blindness. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible tells us that. Jesus said that in verse number 3. That was not the cause, but I tell you is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, you say, well, what is sin? It is something, it is a wrongdoing. It is something that I ought not be doing. Amen? Uh, it is something that is defined by the Word of God uh, and is against what God had first commanded. Uh, that is a sin. Uh, and there is none righteous, no, not one. Under the face of heaven, uh, there is none that is righteous besides Jesus uh, himself. Uh, let's consider the reality though that this man faced. Well, we can see very clearly that this man was a blind man. Is that right? Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus passed by and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Uh, he was blind from birth uh, and this man was. And he had never experienced the beauties of this world. Uh, he had never uh, ever seen the sun rise. Uh, he had never seen the sun set. Uh, he had never heard or seen, rather, uh, um, the smile on a beautiful baby's face. Uh, he had never went and seen the beautiful flowers uh, out in the vineyard in that day in the midst of the summertime. Uh, he had never seen any of those things. Uh, and I'm sure that oftentimes he would wonder uh, it would be how it would be to see what others saw. Uh, maybe he thought, man, I would hate to see uh, a what others saw. I don't know what he thought, but I tell you this, the fact remained that no matter how much he wanted to see, he could not see. And I tell you the truth this morning uh, is that that is how it is. You know the first thing he saw when he got, when he got his sight back? Jesus. And amazing. You know that's how blind people are going to leave this world? First person they're ever going to see is Jesus. They're not going to see St. Peter at the gate. They're not going to see anything. They're going to see Jesus. That first person they're going to see. I believe he's going to welcome him in. And, but I tell you is that there was, uh, there was nothing that he nor anyone else could do uh, to help him not be blind. Uh, nothing at all. His mother, his father, his grandfather they were all helpless uh, to help him and give him the sight that he needed. Uh, but I tell you, that is true for all men. Uh, we were all born spiritually blind. We've already addressed that. Uh, and in a spiritual sense, we're always blind. We cannot see the beautiful, the beautification of uh, the creation of God. Uh, that's just how we are. And as long as we are blinded to sin, uh, we never truly experience the true beauty uh, of God's creation. Uh, now, our friends and our loved ones 
ones can pray for us uh, and they ought to pray for us. Uh, they can do all of those things and hope that one day we will see. Uh, but I tell you, they are helpless in giving us sight. Uh, see, I think it was Charles Spurgeon, he simply told us, uh, he said that after I was born again, I walked outside uh, and everything was brighter. The sun was brighter, the birds were prettier, uh, the birds were chirping louder. Uh, everything about it changed when I was born again. And I tell you, I remember when I was blind to the Lord. But I tell you, a touch from Jesus was the only thing that could help my spiritual blind state. This man was a blind man. This man was a beggar man. Uh, the Bible tells us in verse 2, and his uh, disciples asked him and said, Master, who did sin? Let me, let me just go to verse 8. The neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him, uh, that he was blind, said, Is not that this he uh, that sat and begged? Uh, is not this he that sat and begged? He was a beggar man. Uh, this man had to rely on begging uh, to meet his needs. Uh, he didn't have a Savior. Uh, he didn't have somebody that would provide for him, uh, somebody that would uh, supply for him. Uh, he didn't have somebody that would give promises and keep them through the Word of God. Uh, he did not have that. Uh, he was unable to provide from himself uh, and depended on the mercies of others to make it. Uh, and can I just re- can I can you just imagine uh, how that must have been uh, if it wasn't bad enough? He had to listen to all the all the um, gossip and stuff from the other people uh, saying. Well, well, uh, um, because that's how the Jews thought in that day, by the way. Uh, you study some of history, uh, the Jews thought that mama and daddy had to sin uh, and make that happen, uh, or he had to sin and cause that to take place. Uh, that's just who they were. You read on farther in the chapter, and you'll find that. Uh, but that's not the case here. Uh, but I'm sure he had to listen to the gossip of it. Uh, he couldn't see nothing, but he could hear something according to the Word of God. He didn't say uh, But I tell you, is that what took place, uh, I'm sure that he was Constantly hearing those uh, uh, those who accused him for some sin that he didn't do. No doubt there was times when he felt all alone. You imagine men in darkness. I tell you, that's the condition of the lost world today, though. Is that spiritually they're all beggars. They don't enjoy the grace of God in their lives. uh, And they are dependent on others to help them uh, in times of need. Uh, um, We've seen it many times. That's just what it is. Thank God uh, that I can go to the throne of grace in the morning. Uh, I can go to the throne of grace in the middle of the night. Uh, I can go to the throne of grace whenever it may be. Uh, But I tell you, I tell you this morning that those around them, uh, those around us cannot. Uh, They cannot. And many are on counting on this world, um, but the world doesn't care for them. Uh, the Lord is the only one that can help in a beggared condition. Uh, and I tell you this morning, uh, you need a touch from God. That's what we need. Uh, this man was a beggar. This man was broken. Now we understand that this man was broken. It tells us very clearly. Um, I know about you. I don't know about you, uh, but he couldn't see nothing. Where could he go? Where could he turn to? Just imagine the brokenness of him. I mean, I could just imagine the brokenness of this man that, that, that he was just in a place. Uh, but I tell you one thing about him is that this man was a blessed man. Verse 1, the Bible says, you say, Preacher, how in the world was he blessed? Well, the Bible says, and Jesus passed by. 
Jesus passed by. You might say, how in the world can this man be a blessed man? Uh, he was nothing but a blind, broken beggar. Uh, uh, he was broken his, in his condition. Uh, but as Jesus passed by, uh, he saw a man. Uh, and we have no idea how many years he lived with this condition. Uh, but we do know that it was from birth. Uh, that's all we do know. We don't know how old he was. Uh, but we can read over there in verse number, uh, let's see, verse number 20. His parents answered them and said, we know that this uh, um, is our son and that he was born blind but by what means he now seeth we know not or who hath opened his eyes we know not he is of age ask him he shall speak for himself I'm thinking he's maybe anywhere from 18 to 25 years old I do not know but that's just what going through my mind right now but I tell you the truth was is that we have no idea how long he lived with that condition but the day of redemption was at hand for this man he was coming to the day that redemption drove Nigh, and I tell you the truth, friend, is that how it is? He had endured much suffering, he hadn't endured much misery, but the master passed by, and the master saw him. And friend, I tell you this morning, glory to God for the day that Jesus passed by my way. This day likely started as many others did, and maybe when you got born again, it started just as many other days did. You got up, drunk some coffee, done this. And done that and you decided to come to the house of God or whatever it may be but I tell you the truth is it makes no difference how bad life seems Jesus can make a difference in that life and there was much in my life that seemed hopeless but in my despair I was blessed because Jesus saw me and passed by my way and the day I met Jesus was the best day I've ever had in my life. It's good to be a child of God. It's good to be a child of God. And you can be a child of God too this morning. I'm going to get me a drink of water. It's real good to be a child of God this morning. This man's reality was that he was blessed, he was broken, he was a beggar, and he was blind. But I want you to notice, secondly, I want you to notice the master's reaction. The master's reaction now. It's interesting to know how Jesus reacted to this man uh, in the needs of uh, uh, in the needs of this man and uh, and to the questions of the disciples. Jesus came to do a work uh, in the in this man's life uh, and provide for our needs as well. But he came to provide this man's needs at this time, right? And so, so in these verses, Jesus revealed what he's coming to the earth to do. And uh, notice the master's motive. Verse number 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And so um, the disciples thought in much the same way as the Jews in that day I've already mentioned is that that when they saw someone taken in an infirmity uh, or something along those lines it believed that some sin uh, must have taken place uh, and they had and must have been committed uh, and and in this case uh, um, they they had it was a problem because this man did not have sight uh, and Jesus reminded all of them the disciples in that day is who he's talking to uh, and that this man 
man's condition wasn't the result of individual sin, but simply of man's fallen nature. You say, well, how does it have anything to do with man's fallen nature? Well, he says that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And I tell you, the truth is that man is depraved, and all man, all man, all man has sinned. It's man's fallen nature. It's just what it is. Uh, and, and But this man would be healed to glorify God and manifest His works in him. Uh, and so I tell you the truth uh, is that we are all in a fallen nature. At some point in time, uh, we, are, we are a fallen nature. Your body, my body still sins. And, and we're in a fallen nature. We have all sinned from the Adamic nature. That's what we have. For by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. But one man, by also one man, death was taken 100% paid for at Calvary and justification. I tell you the truth this morning. Sin is a universal problem. It just is. And it isn't about how good or how bad we are. But the fact that we're all sin Sinners in need of a Savior. Uh, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and so the priest and the rulers of that day uh, wouldn't admit it, but they were in great need themselves. Uh, they needed a Savior. Uh, the Savior. And I tell you, Jesus came that we might have forgiveness. Uh, that's why He came. Uh, we, tend, we tend to categorize sin. Uh, and I understand that there will be a categorization uh, when we get to the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, because some sin will be judged more than others. It's just as simple as that. But sin is going to be sin in the eyes of God. I tell you, the truth is, if you if you say a little lie to mama, you're still going to hell. If that's all you ever do, you're still going to hell because you're sinning. You're sinning. Sin is what sends you to hell. Unbelief is what sends you to hell. And I tell you is that that's all that I know is sin sends you to hell. But I was just as lost in 2012 and 2013 and 2011. Let me go backwards because I got saved in 2013. All of those things I was just as lost as that person any time. It takes the same amount of grace. Jesus said in 1 Timothy in chapter 1 and verse 15 uh, this is a faithful saying uh, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into this world uh, to save sinners uh, in whom I am chief uh, and that's who I am uh, Jesus came uh, to save us uh, from the sin that condemns us uh, and sends us to hell and the one that separated us from God Amen Master's motive was that he come to save you. Master's mission. What about that? The Bible says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. It's his mission. It's his mission. Now, 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 Jesus had come with a mission to fulfill. We agree on that, right? He had not just come simply to walk among men, teaching scriptures, healing lame men, healing the sick, comforting the weary. And he had come to bring light. 
to a dark world. That's why He came. He came to bring light to a dark world. He delivering them from the bondage of their sin. And I tell you, already His eyes were fixed on Calvary. I don't know how far He was from Calvary, but I know it was a pretty close time to Calvary. I would say within about five years, it was in that close of time to Calvary because you know that it doesn't speak about Jesus. It speaks about Jesus at 12. There's silent years all the way to about 28, 29, and then it starts again. So within five years there is how old Jesus was. He was within 28 to 32. Let me just say that. And so here we are, and Jesus got His eyes fixed on Calvary. What's the first words Jesus said in the Bible? He said, I must needs, uh, excuse me, I must, I wish you know I must be about my father's business. Uh, The last words he said, uh, it is, it it is finished. Uh, These are some of the middle words he said. Uh, He says, I must work the works of him that sent me. Well, his eyes must be fixed on Calvary. His eyes must be fixed on Calvary at this point. He had come to open. Jesus came to offer Himself as a sacrifice for man's sins. He had come to open the eyes of the blind man and all who were blinded by sin. That's why Jesus came. Aren't you glad that Jesus' mission wasn't just to meet the physical needs of the Jews and it wasn't just to meet those who were alive in that day? And I understand all that. Uh, um, but He came for you. Uh, he came for me. Uh, friend, He could see down through the ages. Uh, and friend, that we would be need- born uh, and we would need a Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, I have hope today. Uh, Because of what He did on the cross, I've been redeemed. Uh, I tell you, I know this world rejects the cross uh, and the message of it, uh, but without the message of the cross, we have no hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 tells us uh, for the preaching of the cross uh, is to them that perish uh, foolishness uh, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Uh, That's the truth friend. Jesus died uh, that we might live. Yeah, man, the Master's mission was to come and save those which were lost. Then there's the Master's miracles in verse 6 and 7. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay out of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Jesus had compassion on the blind man. He was in need of a touch uh, that only Jesus could give him. Uh, and there was nothing uh, special about this man. There was nothing in him that merited the favor of God uh, or the good graces of the Lord God Almighty. Uh, he wasn't looking for Jesus. Thank God. He, and even if he was, he couldn't see him. Uh, but I tell you the truth is, is that he saw him. Uh, he saw uh, the blind man. It was grace uh, and it was mercy that brought this healing to pass. Uh, and we would all agree it's a huge miracle um, opening the eyes of a blind man. But this man would have died if it would not have to been for Jesus, right? He would have died in his blind condition if it wouldn't have to been for Jesus. He would have died. He would have never seen him. It did not matter. Jesus could have walked right by him and he had never known. But Jesus saw him. He saw him in his darkness. He saw him in his despair. He did not have to say anything besides a simple fact 
effect is you had to do what Jesus said and believe that it would work. How about that? Doesn't that sound just like salvation? Jesus tells us that we must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Thine and thy house is actually what it says. And then he goes on and tells us, I tell you, he's still working miracles today. He still has the ability to save man. Doesn't matter how old they are. Seven years old to 107 years old. It does not matter how old the blood has never lost its power. It's still the same. There's hope for all who need a miracle in their lives. And it is found only in the touch of Jesus. I know what you need, but Jesus can supply whatever it be. The man's reality, the master's reaction, last thing done, and the multitude's response. It was evident that to see that a miracle had been performed. A man who was blind could see. And so there were different responses to the work of Christ here, and I'm sure that everyone here has seen a life that has been touched and changed by the Lord. I mean, I've been saved. And I tell you, it's important. If Jesus is no longer in this world, we are to be the light, salt, right? Goes through all that. I mean, Matthew chapter 6, I mean, goes, chapter 5, goes through all that. And I tell you the truth, though, there's three ways to respond to seeing somebody who lives like Jesus. It's in our text. Verse 8. The neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that he was blind set, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some of them are going to be amazed when they see how much Jesus has changed you. Amen. Some of them's going to be amazed. Some of the neighbors saw him and they realized that he had been healed. They had no uh, problem with the power of the Lord. Uh, they had no problem with any of that. It's apparent that they believed in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's okay. This is going to do it much worse, guys. Hear me. Hear me. It doesn't much worse, okay? Some were amazed. And I tell you is that there's some here that represent the Lord and the power, the power they believe in his power. Some were amazed. You can read on a little farther in verse 9. Some said this is he. Others said he is like him. But he said I am he. Some were apprehensive. They were saying listen. I, I don't know. This is he. Others said he's like him. Some were apprehensive. And some were, star- were, pal- were paled. The Jews, it tells us in verse 18 concerning him, they didn't know, they asked the parents. The parents said he's, he's old enough to speak for himself. But here we are, the end, and it's religious leaders, and that's all they are, and they are absolutely not going to believe that 
that, that Jesus had come by and healed this man. I'm done this morning. I want to ask you, anybody been saved? Anybody, have you ever been saved? Because this is the day, this is the day that Jesus saw a man that couldn't see him. Jesus saw a man. Stand to your feet this morning, please. just want to thank the Lord that you're saved whatever it may be or if you need to get saved you just remember Jesus can save anybody anytime anywhere it's just how he works